Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Put your hand up if you've ever been called or you've called someone a goose. Yeah? Anyone? Okay, hopefully more you've been called than you've called. Actually, I don't know if that's better. I don't know. Anyway, but I love the term. I remember the first time I, uh, I heard the term used. I was about late primary school and uh, I have a lot of cousins and a, a number of uncles and so we were at a family barbecue and we were playing footy in the backyard and so it was always, in that time, it was always cousins versus uncles in Mackenzie family footy games in the backyard. And um, we, uh, the cousins, we're all kind of primary school age and so there's about 10 of us. And uh, we had quite a good, strong attacking line against the uncles. And on one play, we decided to spread the ball wide. And so the ball just kind of uh, moved its way along the attacking line. And then we passed it and moved its way along the attacking line. And we thought we were going to run around uh, the uncles like Dom Young, the mighty Newcastle Knights. No, this... This worked really well as a sermon illustration before yesterday afternoon. Um, but anyway, so the ball, the ball moved its way along uh, the formation of cousins and it got to my cousin who was on the end. He didn't realise he was on the end. So he's caught it on the chest and then he's thrown it into the rose bushes. The old uh, pass to the touch judge. And after we all finished laughing, his dad, uh, our uncle, just said, you goose, and it made it even more funny. And uh, I just thought that's a great insult. It's not really an insult. It's pretty gentle, uh, in in my opinion anyway. Now, if you have grown up uh, in a different country or uh, speak a different language, you may not be familiar with this, or if you come from um, a more polite family than I come from, you may not have used this term before or heard the term or been called a goose. But what it basically means um, in Australian slang and vernacular is silly billy, a knucklehead, a buffhead, a... Just a dodo, just something that's a little bit gentle, but it's just positioned to gently correct or just point out that you've made a mistake, a whoopsie, an oh no, whatever you want to call it. So it's, it's a polite and gentle way to say, pull your head in. And so from that moment, I've absolutely loved that insult. Uh, insult sounds hard, harsh, but anyway, just go with me here. And um, so this morning... I wanted to title my message, I don't usually do this, but I wanted to title my message, Be a Goose. So turn to the person next to you and say, Be a Goose. <laughs> I've, I've always had this fascination with that creature. Um, they say that Hollywood people who can sing act and dance are called triple threats, that they're really talented across three disciplines. Hugh Jackman um, is an example of a triple threat. Again, when I put his name into my sermon notes this week, I didn't realise it was going to be a bad week. Apparently he's getting divorced. Not good, is it, after 27 years? Anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, it might have been a goose in his marriage. I don't know. Um, but but what the, goo- the geese in the animal kingdom can swim, fly and walk or run. 
And I think that's pretty cool. Multi-talented, triple threats of the animal kingdom. I think that's fantastic. And so I've always been fascinated by them. Another fascinating thing, if you type into YouTube geese chasing people, I guarantee you it's one of the best, funniest five minutes of your life. You haven't laughed until you've seen a grown man abandon his golf clubs because a goose is chasing him from a water hazard. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So I've always thought that they're a bit of a funny creature. It was a couple of months ago that I was uh, in a cafe uh, in another town and I'd ordered the two flat whites and baby chinos for my family and uh, I realised that above the servery, above the counter, there was this sign about um, how geese operate as a team. And they're actually quite clever animals. And so I was just standing there waiting for my coffee, just reading the, uh, the board, learning about geese. And I was enlightened to find out that they're uh, actually quite clever animals. And so I just thought as I was reading through uh, this, this list of things that are apparently really, um, really intelligent, that show that the geese are really intelligent, I thought, actually, I didn't really know that about geese. So I'd like to share them with you this morning. This isn't a lecture on gooseology or something like that. So we're going to put a bit of Jesus stuff into it. So just go with me here. But I'm going to show how that they uh, work as a team and, uh, and they're actually quite, um, there's quite a few links with Christianity. So here we go. Geese actually fly further together. So it's believed that geese, because they fly in a V formation, so they have one goose at the front and they, have, um, they come off in a, in a V formation. And so because of that, there's this scientific principle that because of the shape of the way they fly in that V, it kind of diverts the wind. And so it, it allows the geese to get a bit of uh, uplift, lift, and, and, it, and it kind of... Uh, mitigates the effect of drag on them. So because they fly in a V formation, they can fly up to 70% further. So which means there's an efficiency to the way they fly. And that's true of our Christian lives. I find that when we're in Christian community, when we're going to church, when we're fellowshipping with other believers, when we're sharpening each other through encouragement, through discipleship, we are actually flying further together. There's a way of lifting one another's burdens when we're in community, when we're in connect group, when we're just engaging with Christians here and there, whereby we can just be released of our burdens and we're able to carry each other further. Galatians 6.2 says, Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. And so Paul is talking about helping each other with their sins and struggles. Now, whether that's of your own doing or whether that's just the world just kind of weighing you down, that's totally okay. But this is actually one of the primary functions of the church is to help one another. We call it discipleship. Is that We're going to encourage one another to, to engage with the Spirit of God, to throw off our sinful nature and to press on towards Jesus. And as we, as we do that, we find that we get closer to Jesus and our spirits are uplifted. This week, I was listening to a podcast, um, a guy called Joe Rogan. Who's heard of Joe Rogan? Yep. Now, who's, um, who's never heard of Joe Rogan, spoke about in church? Most people. Joe Rogan's not a Christian. He runs one of the most, um, I think it's one of the most highly downloaded podcasts uh, in the world. 
And so he's a mixed martial arts competitor. He commentates in the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And uh, he was interviewing a guy called Hulk Hogan. So Joe Rogan talking to Hulk Hogan. And they were talking about Christianity. So Hulk Hogan, he looks like a mean dude. Apparently he was. So he's got this history of substance abuse. And um, like he was his celebrity in the 80s and 90s. He was World Wrestling Federation royalty. And he just lived the high life, the Hollywood high life. And unfortunately, that put him in with the wrong people, the wrong crowd, the wrong substances, the wrong lifestyle. So Hulk Hogan was talking about how because of all these things that have happened in his life that were detrimental to him, he found Jesus. And he's been a Christian, and it seems like he's a genuine Christian. He's talking about, in this interview, he's talking about his friend, a guy called Mel Chansey. Now, Mel Chansey was uh, the, the leader of the Hells Angels chapter, bikey gang, in Chicago for many years until he wasn't because he got sent to prison for nine years. Mel Chansey became a Christian in jail somewhere in that nine-year time. He's come out of jail now, and he's an evangelist and bodybuilder. Anyway, um, it, you, I, I need prayer because of my YouTube, YouTube algorithms. It's terrible that these things pop up on my YouTube algorithms. But anyway, um, here we are. And this interview just popped up. And so in this interview, Hulk Hogan is talking about how Mel Chansey, his mate, ex-bikey, thug, actually disciples him. And so, yes, they have a past and they have an amazing salvation testimony of how the Holy Spirit of God just changed their life. And now they're in this period of their life whereby they're telling people about Jesus. And so Joe Rogan isn't a Christian. He allows, he's very much about free speech. So he allows all random people onto his podcast. I don't know what he believes, where, where on the political spectrum he aligns, I have no idea. And that's part of the interesting thing about it. But Hulk Hogan is talking about how he needs his mate Mel and Mel needs his mate Hulk. And they talk about how they disciple one another and encourage them to get so far into Jesus that they get so far from their past. And so they're actually discipling one another and encouraging one another. And this is what Joe Rogan says. He says, there's some real power in a bunch of people getting together to better themselves in the eyes of God. And so he's talking about the American church, how there's so many churches all over the country. And he says there's some real power in a bunch of people getting together to better themselves in the eyes of God. And he's not even a Christian, but he acknowledges that there's power in unity. He acknowledges that the church of Christ, the body of Christ that we learned about from David just before, is that it's strong because it's unified. And so when people encourage one another in their struggles and we each point each other to Christ, that's strong. And that's an amazing witness for someone who isn't a Christian. And so the Christian walk is a lot easier when we fly together like geese. So be a goose. Be a goose. Let's redeem the insult. Let's be geese. Let's fly together. And so when a goose falls out of that flying V formation, it quickly discovers that it's much harder to fly alone. It sees the geese flying over away to where they're destined to go or um, determined to go to. Maybe that's a warmer climate, maybe that's a feeding area, whatever it might be. But the goose that falls out of the V formation loses its way, it loses its people loses the way to navigate and it's found that it's in a world full of predators. 
on the ground. It's safe when it's in V formation in the sky with its fellow geese. When it falls to the when it comes to ground, that's when predators can come. And it's the same with us. When we fall out of the church ways and we fall out of our Christian community, that's when Satan loves to attack people because it's a moment of vulnerability. And so we we don't spiritually thrive when we're not flying with the flock. COVID taught us that isolation isn't good for us. In fact, the World Health Organization summarised that there was a 25% increase in anxiety and depression uh, diagnosis. Diagnoses? Di- what's the plural? Di- diagnoses? Anyway, di- I, don't, I don't know. I'm not clearer. Anyway, um, <laughs> 25%. And I'd imagine that's conservative. Like That's the data that they can pull from, but I'd imagine there's a lot of self-disclosed um, cases there or people just that just uh, are a bit blue um, because of COVID. So I'd imagine that, that 25% is much higher in my unscientific opinion. But um, it's, it really showed that we're not designed for quarantining ourselves or isolating ourselves. And in this, in this morning's Australian newspaper... Not that I read it every day. I just like the fact that I said uh, that I'm quoting from the Australian today because it makes me sound intelligent and uh, sophisticated. <laughs> but in the, in, the, in the Australian this morning, there's an article about a guy called Pastor Mark Varaghese. Now, he runs one of the biggest kind of Pentecostal churches uh, in our movement, in the ACC movement. He's on our board, Pastor Mark Varaghese. And anyway, this journalist who's a very nominal Catholic was invited to the church, and this is what he writes about the church. It says, here's sociology is with Pastor Varaghese. Oh, he's got geese in his surname. Anyway... <laughs> The sociological evidence is overwhelming that statistically people with a religious belief who attend worship regularly tend to be generally happier, healthier and suffer less social dysfunction than others. Mm. And it makes sense if you try to be sober, diligent, respectful, loving, having a higher purpose and value family, you probably, you probably will do a bit better in life. How about that? In this morning's Australian newspaper, a, a nominal Christian journalist writing about that, seeing the effect of a church, a movement of God, Kingdom City Church in Perth and Kuala Lumpur as their headquarters. Like it's a huge movement of God. God's moving through this pastor, a, a move of God on the West Coast and throughout a number of different nations. And so dropping out of church and not spending time with God might free up our schedules, might save a bit of time on a Sunday and pockets of time throughout the week. But certainly freeing up your schedule doesn't really mean that it will free you up from the burdens of this world. So being plugged into church or connect group or a little fellowship group, discipleship group, maybe you're reading the Bible with a friend, whatever it might be, that's actually really healthy investment. That's going to pay dividends. Waking up in the morning, going to bed at night and just spending time with Jesus in prayer, five minutes, guarantee you that you're better off for it. You never feel worse after spending time with Jesus. You feel like your spirit is soaring. This is what Jesus promises in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. 
And notice that Jesus doesn't say, come to me all who are weary and I'll take your burdens away. No, he says, come to me all who are weary and I'll give you rest. I'll, I'll, I'll lift you up. I'll, I'll carry some of the burden, but I'm going to help you through with it. I'm not going to take your circumstances away. I'm not going to take your problems away. I'm not going to take that hard person in your life away. I'm actually going to give you a way that makes it feel easier, that the burden doesn't squash you down. That Jesus promises this. And he doesn't say, come to me some who are weary or come to me strong Christians who are weary. He says, come to me all who are weary, all. Doesn't matter who it is. All can come to Jesus and be released from the heaviness of burdens, whatever it might be. It doesn't say, come to me all who have created their own problems. Or doesn't say, come to me who have all their problems put onto them and it wasn't your fault. No, it doesn't differentiate between where the problems came from. It just says, come to me all who have problems and I will help you. That's the Jesus that we serve. He doesn't qualify. He doesn't differentiate. He just says, all, come, come. And so if you're not flying properly this morning, if you feel like, you're weighed down. You've got Christians around you that can help. And so they want to be able to, to speak to you. And Chris, because Christianity isn't easy. It never was, never will be. Sorry, but it won't be. But it's made easier because of Jesus saying, come to me, I will give you rest. Second thing we can learn from geese is that they honk at each other. They make one noise, honk. And it's just the one thing, but it means a lot of different things. It's a way to direct. It's a way to instruct and correct. It's a way to encourage and it warns about danger. And it reminds other geese, when when a goose honks, it reminds other geese that it's right there next to them or nearby. And so we as the church, biblically, We are allowed, we are authorised to speak to one another in love. Ephesians 4, 15, 16 says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We need to be able to speak the truth in love. We need to be able to encourage, instruct, direct, help, all of that. And it comes from love. It can sound the same, but it can have a different effect, like a honk. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can honk at me. <laughs> you have permission to honk at me. We can honk at each other like geese. And so if you're not flying properly or you're finding that earth, sorry, the world is just dragging you down, that you're not soaring, that you've got another 70% of efficiency of flying to do, then we've got a prayer team that will be here after the service and, and, and I can pray with you as well to close this message shortly. But we have mechanisms as a church, as a community, as a family to help other people. We don't just say that we act like family and feel like home and then go straight after the service. No, we're here to help. We're here to help people fly, here to help people soar. And I just want to encourage everyone to just be brave enough and courageous enough to use that biblical authority to speak the truth in love to one another. Teenagers, can I say this? 
that if you are able to listen to people who have advice for you and you take that on board, that's going to hold you in good stead. Employers are going to see that. Teachers are going to see that. Lecturers are going to see that. Other adults are going to see that. That's going to elevate you above your peers and it will also just sharpen you as you grow and develop into adulthood. And can I let you in a little secret? Adults don't have all the answers. We don't. I don't. I'm just waiting for other more wise people, more, more uh, experienced Christians to just honk at me from going the wrong direction and just help me on my way. And so here's the, here's the other thing that I learned about geese. They help each other. So when one goose gets injured and it leaves the flying V formation, there'll be another one that, that drops down and helps that goose. However that may be, whatever that need may be. That's Jesus. So if we fall out of our life rhythm or if life gets too heavy or we decide that church isn't for us or whatever it might be, it's okay because Jesus is there. This happens. And so we've given this life model to go ahead with where we we fly together we work together we help one another we encourage one another but if life gets too big we still serve the giver of grace which is Jesus the prince of peace which is Jesus and so he is right there all the time he will get you flying in Isaiah 40 31 it says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless even youths will become tired and weak and young men will fall in exhaustion but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength they will soar high on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not faint and if Jesus is the one that spoke to the wind to tell it to stop and the waves to stop, then he can speak to the wind and say, wind, get into the wings of this person and just lift them up. Help them fly easier. Lift the burdens of those people. He can use that. He's more powerful than we can ever fathom and imagine. He can put the wind in your sails. And I just read from Isaiah 40, but in the next chapter, Isaiah 41, it says, He will not put out a flickering candle. So if that's you this morning, if you feel like you're a flickering candle, if life's hard, if you don't have many answers and you don't know if you've got much more wick left to burn, Jesus is right there, merciful Jesus. And He invites us to come into His presence, to hand over burdens and He'll help lift them with us, for us, alongside us. And so we can command the problems or hardships in our life because He did that to the wind and the waves. He did that. And He wants to do it this morning. He wants to do it in you, for you, with you. So if life feels unrelenting, we can hand it over to Him. And I just want to encourage everyone this morning that we, we act like family, we feel like home. We're geese. We fly together. We help each other. We speak in love. We offer advice and guidance, a shoulder to cry on, practical support to lift the burden. 
Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.